0: or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Bob Anderson has dedicated his career to exploring the intersections between leadership and personal mastery and between competence and consciousness. And I certainly hope that we're going to explore some of these intersections as we talk with him today. He is the creator and author of the Leadership Circle Profile, an integrated and innovative leadership assessment tool. Bob is a true pioneer in the field of leadership development and research. As a founder of the Leadership Circle, Bob lends his expertise to developing practitioners around the globe to carry on the powerful work derived from his and others' offerings. In addition, Bob recently co-authored Perth Mastering Leadership, an integrated framework for breakthrough performance and extraordinary business results, which I have read and I have loved, and Scaling Leadership, building organizational capability and capacity to create outcomes that matter most. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, Bob.
1: Thank you, Ed. It's wonderful to be with you.
0: The Leadership Circle profile, I should tell folks, is a new tool in my toolbox. I recently became certified to use this with clients and I absolutely love it. And, you know, I think it would be great uh, for you just to tell folks in in a way how that profile came to be.
1: Well, I had spent, um, well, we could start way early, but I'll start somewhere midstream. I had spent 20 years uh, really working uh, integration of deep underlying models, trying to integrate all the best research and theory Stuff in the field, and a model did congeal. It took quite a while, but a integrated, uh, comprehensive model of leadership congealed. And then I said, uh, I was using assessments at the time, and I couldn't find one that uh, went to the depth that the model was capable of going into. So, I um, I was told I, I was uh, foolishly, <laughs> naively said. Oh, I'll create my own <laughs> and, um, and did. And then it, it went, it went viral basically. It took off. And, uh, so now it's gone worldwide and it's been quite an interesting ride to be on. Um, I feel like it more came through me and then had, it had a direction of its own rather than something that I said, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to you know, it's, it has surprised me. Let's put it that
0: way. Well, to know, uh, to know great surprise to us that are interested in using the tool and you use the word congealed Bob, mm-hmm. a couple of times. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering what you mean by that word. It sounds like it's something that you weren't purposely trying to do, but kind of came together in some ways on its own.
1: Well, I was purposeful. I, I think probably more in looking back, I realized it wasn't until I met Bill Adams. Bill sat me down when he went through the certification years ago. Bill's our, my partner and co-author. He says, Bob, I don't think you know what you've done. And I go, what do you mean? He says, uh, you've created the first fully integrated model of leadership that I've seen in the field. And I was flabbergasted. I I was I literally, I just sat down. i like, what? Uh So at one level, I didn't really know what I was up to, and at another level, I was like a dog on a bone. (laughs) And I remember when it congealed, I remember when I uh, started into the research, which is written up on a, it's in our book, but it's also in a paper called um, The Spirit of Leadership on our website. Uh, I came across the work of Bob Keegan and adult development, stages of adult development. And when I read his book, In Over Our Heads, it reframed the entire body of work. And the whole thing, uh, the whole uh, model went to a higher level of structure and order and integration. And then I knew, I knew at that point that I was onto something. And that's when I started to work on the assessment.
0: So what are a couple of the differentiators that you might identify, Bob, in the Leadership Circle Profile? What makes it the best tool that Bill Adams said he's ever seen in the marketplace? You know, What is it that it does a little bit differently or helps people see a little bit differently that other models may not?
1: Well, I once got a call out of the blue from one of the leading assessment developers in the country. I won't mention his name. And uh, he says, you know, how's it going trying to integrate a behavioral competency assessment with a a deeper um, psychological assessment about your underlying beliefs? How's that working out for you? And interesting in light of your bravery uh, theme, he said, I've never had the guts to try that. (laughs) And I told him it was working out really well. And so that's part of its uniqueness is that it, at one level, at the face level, it's a very thorough behavioral inventory, looking at how you show up in ways that really are effective and proven to be by the, by the research um, in the field, uh, leadership competencies that are highly related to effectiveness and leadership and business and business outcomes and so on. But it also juxtaposes that with um, a set of reactive strategies or behaviors that you might run that interrupt or impede those, uh, creative competencies. And that inter, the dynamic interrelationship between those two is very, um, insightful for people. And then what then behind that Um, so that's the behavioral level behind that. Um, each of those behaviors is mapped to a set of assumptions. So it maps your outer world, how you're showing up in your outer world with how you've organized your thinking at the inner world. What assumptions are you running that are on autopilot that you've, that are well ingrained, maybe working for you or maybe not. And so it invites immediately a level of reflection that's unusual. The third thing that's unique is it maps patterns. It's um, as I said, it's uh, a very dynamic integrated model. So everything is moving in dynamic relationships. So when one dimension goes out, other ones tend to contract and so on. And that gives you a dynamic picture of your leadership. If you see a low score in the top half, for example, you can look into the bottom half, which is the more reactive half. Top half is more creative. You can look into the bottom half and go, how am I showing up that's interrupting that leadership competency? And that dynamic interplay that is visually graphed in a circle, so it's very easy to see, uh, just jumpstarts a developmental conversation.
0: Well, I love this concept of how do I show up as a way of thinking about yourself as a leader? I don't think most leaders, I know I never did when I was a leader in corporate America, Ask you know, asked myself, how am I showing up or anyone ever did that? Uh, you know, what's the impact of that? You know, when someone asks themselves, how am I showing up or how are others experiencing me in the workplace? You know, what, what is it that they are seeking?
1: Well, I, th- I think, um, At at one level, we all want to be effective. Mm -hmm. We all want to get better at what we're doing. And if you're a leader and you care about what you're doing or you care about, and most do uh, deeply, uh, creating an organization that hmm, is consistent with their highest aspirations and values and so on, uh, creating an organization creates outcomes that matter in the world, then um, the natural tendency is to say, well, how do I get better at leading this group of people? And so then how I'm showing up, how I'm deploying myself into circumstances uh, is everything. Because leadership is the deployment of self into circumstances and you are your primary asset, your greatest asset, the really the only asset you have in any moment is how you engage it and so you can do that really effectively or not effectively and that is a conversation that leaders are really interested in
0: well words like better and positive certainly interact with folks and you use the magic word of the day earlier bravery and so there may be times at work where i see somebody not showing up well not saying something they should say or saying something they shouldn't say or behaving in a way and i want to provide them feedback and i may be uncomfortable or it may be awkward which is a word we hear other people use to have these types of conversations uh we we'll, i'm just trying to think about how to you know bring bravery into the kind of the leadership circle profile world but you know when you think about these needs and this Objective or obligation, in some ways, to be brave. You know, does that show up in the leadership circle profile? I know bravery is not one of the dimensions listed. Uh, but
1: courage is, but... right? Courageous authenticity, right? So, right, right. That's top dead center, like twelve o'clock on the circle, because it's so critical and people stumble over it so often. Um, how do I get difficult conversations? in the room? How do I bring them forward in a way that uh, is effective? How do I blend heart connection, heart relationship with power truth telling in a way that really is um, direct and supportive, respectful, caring? That's a very, that's not easy to do. And most of us Um, myself included, uh, I feel a bit of caution or fear, if not a lot of fear about doing that. So recently I'm in a, I'm leading a team and we're piloting a new workshop and it's really edgy work, really edgy. So there's disagreements in the team. And some of those disagreements were not respectful. Ideas were dismissed. People felt, um, You know, kind of put down, uh, condescended to. They turned that into this is a gender uh, issue, and so it got it got you know feisty, (laughs) and people were avoiding it, not really. And I just, and I had to, as a leader, step in, which was a scary thing to do the day before a workshop launch. Or, you know, in one case, it was literally the day before we were going to go live. And I'm going, we're not going into this session tomorrow um, on a line. So there's air we have to clear here. And we had an extraordinarily beautiful but hard-hitting conversation. And so that's just to engage it, to not look the other way, to say, oh, it'll be all right tomorrow. Uh, You know, we can agree to disagree and it was you know no this is a this work is about um, the resonance in the field and creating uh, a profoundly safe space for breakthrough in- innovation. We can't go in there with our own uh, stuff so it was um, it took a lot of guts for me to step into it and then it took a lot of guts for each of the people on the team to say here's what's going on for me and beautiful work the way they stepped into it
0: well the uh outcome honors the entry right when you do something you know oftentimes people say the best thing to do is the hardest thing to do and sometimes you just have to do it and it'll be hard but the outcome would be wonderful so bob why why is courageous authenticity or you know being brave so hard for people
1: well that gets into the structure of the whole reactive half of the profile. And in the reactive half, when we're operating that way, we're usually operating um, from fear, we're operating from um, an identity, a way of holding myself that's um, authored by others. So I'm literally defined by my worth, my value, well, my rightness as a person, my enoughness is defined by you. You make me up. If you think less of me, I'm not okay. And while we might look at that at face value and say, well, that doesn't make sense at some level, um, which is actually true, uh, emotionally, uh, we, we can be very caught in it and subject to it, meaning we don't see it. So, I first got onto this years ago when I was overly agreeable and cautious, and getting feedback I wasn't leading. And as I dropped into it, this is when I first got onto the to, the to the model. I first started like, okay, there's was I realized I want to lead, and I got to have everybody like me. That to risk disapproval, especially with people above me, was a non-starter. I would do anything to avoid that. And that limited my leadership. So in lots of ways, decisiveness, constructive challenge with people. I was hired to consult to, um, you know, telling the truth in ways that could be heard. uh, I backed away from those conversations. And on the leadership circle profile, we call that complying. I'm overly nice, overly agreeable, swallowing my voice as a play not to lose strategy and it's excessively cautious
0: well you've used some concepts bob that i think are pretty compelling i just want to go back to a few of them uh you you know my question was why don't we demonstrate courageous authenticity or bravery uh you know the first one you said was fear the second one which i think is extremely compelling is identity and how we allow ourselves to be identified and somewhat defined by others. And I've experienced this uh, at work, uh, where if somebody didn't like something I did or said, and what I didn't said wasn't offensive, but they just disagreed with what I was doing, you know, I took it very personally. right? I thought they didn't like me, in addition to not liking the idea. And so, I also demonstrated and I probably even still do today err on the side of compliance because I am an external vendor to organizations. So I want to make sure that they're happy and think that I'm doing a great job, honestly, of course. But, uh, you know, I think about that a lot. And uh, what you said is, if you think less of me, I am not okay. Right. That's a very compelling and realistic experience that many, many people have.
1: Yes, and it takes bravery to really face that and to see the illusion that's in it, and then do otherwise in the face of that fear. So I, I don't know how this meeting's going to go. Uh, but here's what I need to say, and I've done the work to to I've done the preparation work to see my reactivity. To work my way out of being in blame and go in with nothing to gain or lose and really no agenda. I just need to say what I need to say. And when I do that, oftentimes, more often than not, amazing conversation opens up. That's really constructive. Um, but it, it's, for me, always scary.
0: Well, I think a lot of people would say that fear is not something you can eliminate. That fear is a natural you know, DNA-based type of human uh, experience and that uh, even the greatest heroes of the world would probably tell you that, of course, I was fearful, right? I was fearful for myself, for the people that I was with, et cetera, but we kept moving forward because we needed to and had to and wanted to. We're gonna pause in our conversation with Bob Anderson and ask that you join us on our next podcast publication when we will continue our conversation with Bob and his thoughts about bravery at work. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at capitrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.